Force. I was offered a job the day after I resigned from Avon and Somerset Constabulary as Liaison Commander, Street Section B, at twice the stipend I had just rejected. I thought about it. Emily didn't. She turned it down without a moment's hesitation. She didn't agree with my resignation either, but she accepted the why. I didn't join the police force to shoot anyone. Certainly not a seventeen-year-old out of his mind on angel dust. She said the resignation had substance, therefore what followed must have so too. And there was none in spending my time protecting the insurance payments of those who never strove as much as one day for a just cause or the common weal. A private eye could choose, in most cases at least, which side he was on and down which streets he should go. There were no mean streets in Syme Park, at least in the physical sense. But mean, as in cold-hearted and black-spirited, they were a throwback to the oldest everyone-else-can-go-fuck-themselves attitude of all. They had laburnum hedges, gated security systems and manicured lawns. And Downs Avenue was truly exclusive, the longest and finest road of them all, which ran for 150 yards to the cliffs overlooking the Avon Gorge. A pair of stone lions flanked the gate to number 15. The house was set well back from the road and occupied more ground space than the average football pitch. Bill never ceased to enjoy the fact that a man resolutely old-time working class whose South Bristol accent was still as broad as the Avon Gorge was living between a high court judge and some sort of money juggler in a house bigger than both of theirs. It was a starry late April night. I rang the doorbell 15 minutes after the phone call. There was no answer. I rang again. I heard footsteps inside the hall. May called out, Is that you, Jack? Yes. She opened the door as far as the chain would allow, smiling in apology, but frightened nonetheless. She closed the door, unhooked the chain, opened the door again and took a step backwards. Be careful. I stepped into the hall and almost into a pool of blood on the parquet floor. I stared down at it, then up again at May. She breathed deeply and blinked a number of times. Bill's not here, she said. Is he expected to be? May nodded. Monday is his night in, my night out. Uh, I've been to a meeting in the council chamber. What time did you go out? Just after seven o'clock. I I, I got back a, a few minutes before I called you. I asked if I could look around. May nodded again. I checked all the bedrooms, dressing rooms and bathrooms. The living room, dining room, library, billiard room and kitchen. A door in the utility room opened into the garage. The British racing green Jaguar XKR sat serene and quiet and locked. The bonnet was cold. I found May in the kitchen, looking out of the window into the night. Three feet to her right, the kettle was hissing and boiling. I moved to it and switched it off. May turned to me. Sorry, Jack, I was miles away. We should call the police, I said. Yes, 
she said, distracted and unfocused. I'll make some tea. Detective Sergeant George Hood was working late. A tough and quick-witted DS on the murder investigations team run by an old friend of mine, Superintendent Harvey Butler. This might turn out to be way below the MIT remit, I said, but there's a big pool of blood and Bill Marsh isn't here. I'll come and take a look, Hood said. It's a slow night and this is something of a novelty. You calling in the police to investigate a crime? He arrived wearing a suit that clearly hadn't come from a high street chain store with a socko, a photographer and PC Eve Laker. She joined May. They drank tea and talked in the kitchen.